This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello, hello, hello. We are back once again. It is the usual suspects on mocha mondays it's when espresso and whiskey meet together and we're here to talk about a little bit of the wrestling news on alex mccarthy's wrestling daily it is me it is me your true film sp3 back with mommy niangi's baby boy the monster heel sat e Sat E, the E for this week stands for epitome, epitome for bad ass takes. <laughs> right here, man. And I'm representing NWO, Nyangi World Order. Hey, I like it. I like it. I dig it. I'm I'm repping for, for the brand. True Hill Heat, True Hill Heat out here because me and Sad E were over on the True Hill Heat YouTube channel just an hour ago reviewing In Your House number eight, Beware of Dogs. So go over there and check that out. That's where the handle Monster Heel came from because he's Monster Heel, Sad E over on the True Hill Heat YouTube channel. But we are on the Wrestling Daily YouTube channel to talk about everything that was from the weekend in professional wrestling everything that's going on and has dropped today including our titular news some of the some of the coolest most awesome news i think the wrestling world has gotten in a very very long time of course i am talking about aew announcing a partnership with the owen hart foundation we're gonna get into that in depth but of course first up the little maintenance call Drop a like on this video. Share this video on all your favorite social media platforms. If you are new to the Wrestling Daily YouTube channel, what you doing? Hit that subscribe button. Hit the bell to stay notified. Five days of weekly content. It's the weekdays. You can enjoy Wrestling Daily at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, 12 p.m. Pacific, or 8 p.m. where Sat is at in the UK. Your evening delight if you're in the UK. And you can always see a great cast, a diverse panel of personalities, whether it's me and Sat on Mocha Mondays, whether it's the call-in day on Tuesday with Sat and Alex, whether it's debate day with me and Alex on Wednesday, whether it's dynamite day with Miss Dynamite Lady Rampage herself, Step Chase and Alex on Thursday, or if you need your Friday night insight with a special guest this past Friday, we had John Alba, an actual journalist, an Emmy award-winning journalist, so check that out for sure once the stream is done. So we are doing big things on the Wrestling Daily YouTube channel, slowly approaching that 15K set so we can get to Quizzlemania War Games and they can hashtag give the Daily Boys a chance. And Whip Wrestle Talks Booty is so obvious that they're afraid of us that no one from Wrestling Daily has made an appearance on Quizzlemania in some time. The thing is, let's not go to the fact that I've yet to appear on it. Miss Dynamite herself, Steph Chase, has yet to appear on it as well. So I'm campaigning we get Steph Chase on there. I'm campaigning we get SP3 on there. I'm campaigning we get Irish Chief Alex McCarthy back on there. And I'm campaigning we get regular old Sat E into the mix, if you know what I'm saying. So last week, I did something that only Alex McCarthy's done. I had three different shows with three hosts. 
So I had a show with SB3 on Monday. It was me and Alex on Tuesday and Thursday. I finally got to do a show with Steph and I was ecstatic, elated. So I'm so happy to, you know, the Wrestling Daily family synergy was together. But SB3, what's causing all this news? What's causing all this chaos? Well, we got to talk about the titular news. That's what the people have came for. So, yes, it is all about AEW announcing a partnership with the Owen Hart Foundation today. They sent out a press release saying that they have come into a relationship to honor the world-renowned professional wrestler, the legend, Owen Hart and his legacy. Uh, the press release reads All Elite Wrestling and the Owen Hart Foundation, a nonprofit charity which provides a vast range of assistance and opportunities to individual individuals in need across the world, are collaborating to honor the legacy of the late wrestler Owen Hart, a beloved figure in the professional wrestling community and beyond. This collaboration includes launching the annual. Owen Hart Cup Tournament within AEW, which will see the winner receive a cup known as the Owen, which I think is absolutely awesome, as well as the production and distribution of unique and original Owen Hart merchandise, including specific retail goods, as well as the upcoming AEW Council video game. So this is a, 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 a like double or triple whammy, which it, within one, you get the tournament to honor the legacy of Owen Hart. You get merchandise, which people have been begging for merchandise for Owen Hart, where, you know, after the Dark Side of the Ring episode in season two of Owen Hart, they had special merchandise made for PWTs. And then the triple whammy is the AEW video game. It sounds like Owen Hart is going to be a playable character in the AEW video games because I saw a bunch of people on social media saying, you know, what AEW stars would you have loved to be against Owen Hart in the ring if Owen was still alive? Now you get to do it in a video game. You get to go do Owen Hart versus Kenny Omega, Owen Hart versus Zangman Page, Owen Hart versus Brian Danielson. It's so much to enjoy. Should also read the the direct quote from the widow of Owen Hart, Dr. Martha Hart, uh, saying, the Owen Hart Foundation is extremely pleased to partner with AEW in this, wonder, in this wonderful joint venture to honor Owen's uh, substantial international wrestling career and the lasting influence he and his craft has had in the sport. AEW's Owen Hart Cup tournament serves as a tremendous tribute to Owen and provides an incredible way for professional wrestling enthusiasts to celebrate his work in a most fitting way. We trust that Tony Khan and his amazing AEW team will do a brilliant job with um, this highly anticipated project. This OHF and AEW partnership is my special gift to all Owen's magnificent loyal fans who forever remember him and his aspiring repertoire in the ring of talent. So just great stuff. This is awesome. You know, for years, there have been fans that who have said they wanted Owen to be honored. And the way to be honored before AEW was in existence was really the WWE Hall of Fame. But we know the relationship that Dr. Martha Hart has with the WWE for good reason, especially after you see the Dark Side of the Ring episode. And that's one of my top episodes I say everybody needs to watch because I think you get a better understanding of why she would never do something like this with WWE. So it's just so awesome for people that, like you and me, that grew up on Owen Hart, have the opportunity to honor him, to celebrate his career and his legacy through AEW. What's your thoughts on this news? So I just wanted to highlight this question. So did Martha approve of this? Based on the statement you just read, that was from Dr. Martha Hart herself. Yes, she did approve. And... I just want to go back to what you said. So there's a lot of people that have been discovering Owen Hart on the WWE Network or Peacock or even YouTube. But for those of us who lived in real time when he was around, he was one of the best characters, one of the best wrestlers, you know, at the time. And also, it was also argued that he was the best wrestler amongst the Hart clan. And um, kind of like how CM Punk said, he couldn't go back in the place that made him sick. She couldn't, in her heart of hearts, no pun of ten, no pun intended. Uh, let Owen be honored in the place that took took him away from her and her kids, which has always been under, understandable. And that dark side of the ring um, plug you gave is great because that was around right around the time Mark Henry went into the Hall of Fame and he did that 
you know, plead with Martha, please let Owen into the Hall of Fame for his kids and stuff like that. Yeah. And we all got jumped on board because we all feel emotional because more or less, because Martha's in charge of the estate, Owen Hart's kind of been erased a bit. Like you can go back on the old stuff, but they don't really promote him as today as one of the biggest legends or whatever because they're not allowed to because lawsuit will happen because Martha owns the, uh, the IP of uh, Owen Hart. So when we saw the Dark Side of the Ring episode where she explained her side of the story, it made us understand that we were being too selfish for, for wanting WWE to honor him. Yeah, he's honored in the Hart Foundation DVD, which came out years ago, but yeah. that was even then she wasn't happy about that. So for her to do it on her own terms, I'm very happy and I'm happy that AEW was able to make this happen. That's like one of the, the, the biggest convincing ever. I'll put it up there with Bruno Sammartino and, Hulk, and um, Triple H getting him into the Hall of Fame because that falling out was big in a long time. And, yeah. um, you know, and um, Triple H was able to re reconcile Bruno and the WWE before, you know, he, pa he passed away. And I feel like same with Khan, Tony Khan, that he was able to get Owen Hart's legacy back in the wrestling world, not being in the WWE. And you know, deep down, Martha lacks the fact she can put a little boot into the WWE, like she's going with a competition that's doing really well and is watched all around the world. Yes, it just it just is a great thing for AEW to do. And um, it really, I, I say that uh, something that I haven't seen too many people mention, it's a further uh, evidence that, Chris Jericho has an influence in some type of way with what's going on in AEW because his connection to Dark Side of the Ring and the things that have happened, you know, through his work with Dark Side of the Ring narrating season two and season three are very evident when you look at AEW nowadays because it was kind of around the time that the Brian Pillman episode came out at the beginning of season three. That's when AEW signed on Brian Pillman Jr. full time. Uh, we had this past uh, this past. Uh, summer in July, we had Nick Gage coming off of the success of his Dark Side of the Ring episode, uh, you know, coming on AEW, having a big no rules match with Chris Jericho, part of the labors of Jericho. And it was through the interview that uh, Chris Jericho did with Dr. Martha Hart, where you kind of got the sense, and I was listening back to it after this news came out, you kind of got the sense that she was getting excited that there is an opportunity for her to celebrate and honor the legacy of Bret Hart, I mean, of Owen Hart without WWE, without having WWE's, you know, name on it, without WWE having to make money off of Owen's name. And I think that was something that very much excited her because you heard for years like you said, you know, the Mark Henry's and then, you know, that inspiring fans to come out and be like, please, Martha, you know, let him go into the WWE Hall of Fame, because for a long time, that was the only way that fans felt like they could celebrate and honor uh, Owen Hart. But you can I don't think every, anybody ever got the sense that Martha wanted that as well. Martha wanted a way to honor and celebrate the legacy of her husband. Like she's someone that you could tell when you watch the dark side of the ring, uh, you know, episode it's not like a lot of you know wrestling wives that are kind of disconnected from what they did on screen or in the ring she was very much connected to it and very much you know used the Owen Hart Foundation to do a lot of good things so the fact that AEW is teaming up with the foundation to do this not just Martha but what she's doing to help others who are less fortunate with this nonprofit charity it says a lot and it says of the direction that AEW is doing is really changing what wrestling has been for so many years, especially since WCW and ECW went down and when WWE became the only, you know, place to go or place to do things in town, it's really changing a lot with AEW. Yeah, it's fun. like, like you mentioned, like, um, I feel like for so many years, maybe Martha had to suppress that side yeah. of Owen's legacy because she felt like she had to. I mean, WCW wasn't on the way out, so she couldn't really go there. And, and also at the time, she had a falling out with Bret Hart, so she couldn't. She, yeah. she didn't have that connection anymore. And um, even her children, her, her son is like pre-med or he's trying to become some sort of, like something to do in, in the medical field. Not he's not he's not a wrestler. And you can tell that she was trying to steer away because, in a way, as much as Owen loved wrestling, it was also wrestling that took him away from from his family. So I understood for the longest time, it, you know, there was that hurt in her heart. And I guess after so many years. And I guess with the goodwill of Tony Khan, because Tony Khan, like ourselves, is a wrestling fan. He must have, you know, appealed to that side of like, he means so much to everyone. Please don't punish the wrestling fans for what the WWE did in terms of the action of what they did. Because as much as we love wrestling, we would have forgave WWE if they ended the show there and then. 
but they still went on. So that's it's arguable. Yeah. I'm not I'm not a billionaire. I don't know if they had a contract that would have got sued for stopping the show early. I can't really talk on Vince McMahon's behalf what, what his mindset was or, or why he continued the show. I will never know. We weren't there. But in terms of what they're doing right now, I'm excited about the Owen Hart, you know, tribute Memorial Cup. It kind of reminds me how WWE got the Dusty, you know, and, and you know, deep down, Cody, you know, when he got to 80, that was kind of, oh, man, can't really honor my dad in a way. And then I'm not saying it's a consolation prize, but it's got, it's got it. I'm happy to got something as prestigious to showcase and, and, and you know, and, and highlight a talent of Owen's magnitude. And someone asked who should win, who should win it. If we're fantasy booking, we'll say Kevin Steen. I, I I thought that, that was a big tweet that I put out on the Tree Hill Heat uh, Twitter page was, you know, Brian Danielson and CM Punk have both credited the way AEW handled the passing of Brody Lee, how they celebrated his, uh, you know, his life and his career with the Brody Lee tribute show. I'm just, if I'm Kevin Steen, I know he's over there with a big smile on his face like, hey, boo. Hey, how's that new that new girl in your life? You know, he's got his he got his he got his you know his boo right now, which is WWE, but he's looking over at the boo across across the hall and he's just like, hey, they doing things that I didn't think were possible. And if anyone loves Owen Hart or has been inspired by his career, it's Kevin Owens. It's Kevin Steen because he it, the whole name that he came up with in WWE is based off of Owen Hart. His son is named after Owen Hart. His son's name is Owen. And he has just a great love and appreciation for Owen Hart. So I know that if this is something that's going to be, you know, put into motion in 2022 with Kevin Owens contract expiring. I think that we may have just found out what the deciding factor is going to be for Kevin Steen to make the choice to leave WWE and go over to AEW. But if we leave out Kevin Steen, because he's not officially a part of AEW yet, who would you say on the current AEW roster? Let's 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 give you two. I'm going to give you two. What would be the finals of the inaugural Owen Hart uh, Memorial Cup. Uh, Brian Danielson versus Daniel Garcia. You want to? Because they put in my wrestling. I, I would want to put, you know, uh, Lee Moriarty on the list, but I don't know. Because um, I, I want to see if Tony Khan's been sincere pushing the African-American wrestlers. But at the moment, I'll go with the realistic answer, which is the two wrestlers that's on the forefront, Brian Danielson and uh, Daniel Garcia, Honorable mentions to CM Punk because he's a fan of Bret Hart and you know and yeah. so forth. But definitely Brian Danielson. And if you want to push a young guy, Daniel Garcia. You want to push an established talent, CM Punk and Brian Danielson. It will add that level of prestige to the cup if you have both of them in the finals. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. I mean, I, I would say someone... Uh... You know, someone, yeah, someone that's an up-and-comer needs to be in that final. So Daniel Garcia is a great shot. Uh, Lee Moriarty is another great shot. I would put in uh, Daniel Gar. Uh, I mean, um, 
Dante Martin, who's a who's a great high flyer, and he's going to definitely develop into a star for AEW in the future. So yeah, I would say I would say Brian Danielson was the first guy when you think about established talent that kind of mirror how uh you know how Owen Hart was in the ring. Daniel Bryan, uh, Brian Danielson was a great shout. Brian Pillman Jr. is another young guy who you can you can put in there, and this would be a great moment for him due to his connection to the Hart family and the Hart Foundation. That would be awesome as well. So it's a lot of great things, and it actually answers one of the questions because I know it was a report earlier in the summer that AEW had trademarked the King of Hearts, and a lot of people were questioning, oh, what is that all about? Are they going to sign like Teddy Hart? What are, what are they doing? Are they signing a Hart family member? But the original King of Hearts was none other than Owen Hart, who won the 1994 King of the Ring. So now we understand why they went out and made that trademark. And I, I'm going to get my Owen Hart shirt. I'm going to pre-order an Owen Hart uh, action figure. I'm going to go all out because Owen Hart is one of my all-time favorites. I even did a top 10 must-watch Owen Hart matches over on the True Hill He uh, Twitter page. What would what would you say you kind of finish off this whole topic? And, of course, we want to hear from all of you guys what you guys think about AEW and the Owen Hart Foundation coming up with uh, this partnership and the Owen Hart uh, Memorial Cup Tournament. We want to know what you guys think. WrestleTalk.com forward slash Wrestling Daily. Let us know who you think should win the tournament. Let us know if you got any questions that are have been unanswered with everything that we've uh, broke down so far. But I'm going to ask Sad, what is your number one most must-watch Owen Hart match? Before I go there, I got a quick story to tell you guys. So you know my brother sometimes appears on the chat. His name is Max. So my mom originally was going to call him Owen after Owen Hart. So wow. my brother was born in 95. So my mom was a, was a, a huge, very huge Hart fans in, in my household. But when Owen turned heel, at the time, you think wrestling's real. So my mom believed kayfabe that Owen turned against his bigger brother. So my mom ended up naming my brother after a TV character from Brookside. So if you're anyone from the UK, Max Farnham from Brookside, my brother's named after him. But he could have been Owen Yangi. Could have been Owen. It was that close. But Owen had to turn, turn into a heel and ruin things. In terms he had of... To, he had to kick Brett's leg from under his leg. Hey, he kicked his leg out of his leg. Or had a big loogie <laughs> in his mouth for the rest of the interview, rest of year 10. That still kind of makes me gag sometimes. I have to, like, hold it in. That dry saliva when he won. I told you I was going to do it. I told you. Anyway, I'll give you a clue. So the match I'll go with, he's had plenty of great matches. Watch his In Your House match against um, Shawn Michaels. I don't know. I don't remember which one. Rage in the Cage. Oh. oh. February um, 1996. WrestleMania 10. here. Listen, you know what? Yeah, I am going to start studying stuff. It's been a while. I'm going to get in tip-top shape for this Quizmania game because I know a lot, a lot of you are sweating right now. Like, I know my stuff, but don't quiz me on years because I haven't been there for years. It has to be WrestleMania 10. Owen Hart versus Bret Hart, arguably one of the greatest opening match to a WrestleMania. Uh, and it also helped the fact they had an overhead camera, which showed all the all the moves and, and the chain locks and, and, and the defenses. That match is my go-to one. Because that for me is a clinic. Brothers, brother, brother's brother, Owen versus Brett. An incredible clinic there. Match of the night for me when you watch it. Yeah, that's the match I'll go to. The cage match, I liked it. Most people find it too long. That's another honorable mention. And um, yeah, those those are the ones I say. The ones with, with Bret Hart and the ones with Shawn Michaels. They're good matches. And also, of course, the European title match. Honorable mention, 1987. British Bulldog versus Owen Hart. I... I Probably gonna say that in it. I would take. I said all the good things in it. I mean, I mean, I would definitely say those are those are like his top matches. The the two with Bright in 1994 and that uh the European Championship Tournament Finals in 1997 with uh British Bulldog Davy Boy Smith. Uh, one of my personal favorites that uh not a lot of people have seen, but if you have a NJPW World account, you could check out is him and Jushin Thunder Liger in April 1991. That's that's before he kind of got into prominence in the WWE and WWF. Another hidden gem that he had was him and Brett before uh, Royal Rumble 1994, where he turned on Brett. Him and Brett had a classic with the Steiner brothers. I think it was on WWF uh, Superstars in January of 1994. And my one of my personal favorites, my my all time. I say it every time. The greatest in your house ever, in your house, 
Canadian Stampede in July of 1997. And that five-on-five five tag team match, and I know a lot of people say, you know, when you think about a person's career, you don't really think about the multi-man matches because, you know, it's very hard to stand out. But that was a star-making performance for Owen because they kind of put the spotlight on him. He gets he gets injured very early on, then he has the dramatic comeback, and then he pins Stone Cold Steve Austin, which sets up their SummerSlam 1997 match. So there is a whole bunch of goodness Owen Hart is one of the greatest of all time. So I'm very happy that we're able to celebrate him with the Owen Hart Memorial uh, Cup, as well as this this entire partnership with AEW. It's all great things. Bravo for the deep dives. Those are like some hidden gems there for people to check out. Absolutely. Absolutely. But that is not all from this uh, whirlwind wrestling week. We always have a lot to uncover from Friday to, uh, you know, today, Monday, we kind of broke down the biggest news of uh, Monday today. But let's go back to uh, Friday where you had SmackDown. You had AEW Rampage set. Uh, you know, SmackDown was, uh, of course, highlighted by Big E showing up as the WWE champion. We had the whole uh, stare down with him and Roman Reigns. We had Finn Balor come out. Balor and Big E defeat uh, the Usos in a tag team championship contenders match, which just pains me to say. Why would the number one contender for the Universal Championship and the WWE Championship the WWE champion want to get a shot at the tag team titles. That's what size me, but they won. And then later on in the night, we had a cool confrontation between Big E and Paul Heyman, which teases Big E versus Roman Reigns at Survivor Series. And then he gets jumped by the Usos, which sets up tonight on Monday Night Raw, the big time main event that, you know, you thought AEW was the only one giving us big time shows next week. No, no, no. WWE's like, we got a big match for Monday Night Raw as it's going to be the bloodline versus the New Day. How do you, What do you think about this matchup? Does it inspire you to watch Monday Night Raw tonight or early tomorrow morning for you? <laughs> or, or, and um, how did you think about them setting this up? Well, I, I was going to check it out regardless. But um, what I've been enjoying that WWE's been doing lately is setting up potential different feuds for Roman Reigns. That's been the great thing. Like the fact that he's been champion for over a year is like, how do you make the title reign from going stale? Having having him feud with multiple men is a great way. And it makes sense as well. It's something they should do more often. Having you, you don't have to have one person queuing up to, to rival someone. You can have multiple people nipping someone, you know, at the hill. You got Brock Lesnar looming in the background in Saudi Arabia. You got Finn Balor, who's been back and hungry, wanted to reestablish himself in the main roster. And then you have Big E, which the seed has been planted for many, many months. There you say almost a red herring that he, you know, he wanted to cash in, even though we knew. <coughs> excuse me, from the fact that um, Bobby Lashley took out the New Day members that is going to probably be Big E the one to take the title from him. I love the fact that he got three different feuds, all different as well, by the way, and Roman Reigns reacting differently to the feud. He's kind of disassociated a bit from Big E, not taking him too seriously, letting his cousins do the work. And you got Finn Balor, someone that he's been disrespecting the ring to the point that Finn Balor had to call upon the demon. And then you got Brock Lesnar, someone you know deep down he's afraid. He's projecting that fear by saying that, oh, Brock Lesnar's the one afraid, but when we know that it's Roman Reigns af is afraid. I'm happy if we all are eating, as I say, we're all eating on Monday, we're all eating on Wednesday. I mean, Alex right now is watching a SmackDown show in the UK, and Absolutely. SP3 is going to go to Arthur Ashe in uh, <laughs> New York and, and, and watch Dynamite. So we're all eating. I'm happy. It's great for wrestling. If you, want, if you want the Monday Night Wars, this was happening in Monday Night Wars. You had great matches on free TV to pop a rating, yes, but also we got to enjoy it. We, who cares if they're popping a rating? Is that a bad thing? No, it's not. SP3, what do you think? I, I mean, I think that the reason why it got any type of criticism was it did feel kind of hot-shotted the way they did it. And it was it was basically that a lot of people uh, thought that this would be like a main event matchup or something that they would like build to. But I have no problem with it being on free TV because it's a fun little matchup. It's going to further build to a potentially Big E versus Roman Reigns at Survivor Series if they continue with the Raw versus SmackDown theme. Uh, and it also also plays into what we're hearing about uh, plans in the future 
with uh, WrestleVotes having an interesting tweet today, which read uh, some chatter I, or I heard over the weekend included how important tonight's raw number is. Giraffe plans aside, with their biggest full-time star in Roman Reigns being advertised to work tonight's raw, a bigger number than usual would open the box to showcasing main superstars on both brands. Now, I don't know what that means exactly, but it sounds like it can either mean a couple of different things. It can either mean no more brand split, which there is, you know, a portion of the fan base that believes that, you know, the brand, the the brand split was all to make new stars, which WWE has struggled a bit and seemingly been unable to produce them. Uh, you know, you have the 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 exceptions to the rule like a big e like a drew mcintyre you know that have become stars due to the brand split because of the split rosters but they're the volume of the new stars that they've been able to push or promote has not been that prominent so there is a section of the wrestling fans that just saying you know end the brand split put everybody on both shows and then there is a, probably a larger portion of the fan base that remembers pre-2016 SmackDown and remember how it was Raw 2.0. You know, people would love to think that, you know, you make you no know, brand split and you'll be able to see, you know, some people on Raw, some people on SmackDown, and they, you know, whoever's over will be on both shows and stuff. But what we have learned from pre-2016 SmackDown is that we will just see the same people we see on Raw, we will see on SmackDown. It doesn't mean more opportunity for anybody, really. It just means that instead of 20 minutes of Roman Reigns on your on your Friday nights, you're going to get 40 minutes over two different shows. You're going to probably you get you get an hour worth of Roman Reigns because they'll probably give him 40 minutes. They'll give him double double the time on a on a Monday Night Raw because it's three hours. You're going to see double the amount of Charlotte Flair, double the amount of Becky Lynch, double the amount of Seth Rollins, double the amount of the part-time stars like Brock Lesnar, John Cena, Goldberg. So although it's it's a cool concept that some fans and a certain portion of fans think it is to end the brand split, it will have long-term problems that WWE have never seemed to address. What do you think, Sat? I think it'll be worse if the brand split's over. You have to think about it. Before 2016, the rematches weren't as prevalent. It wasn't as much as before. Now the fact that they kind of like, is they go to things to do rematches, uh, promo leads to a match. It'll be worse. That means you'll get two rematches in a week. The same match is on Raw. You're seeing SmackDown. Then there'll be a rematch from SmackDown. It's not a rematch for Raw. So it'll be a bit like Inception. So that rematch is not a rematch for SmackDown. And that SmackDown rematch is not a rematch for Raw. I think it'd be so much better, like um, so much worse story. And like you said, you get like Charlotte Flair matches. You'll be complaining why certain wrestlers aren't catering. Certain wrestlers are struggling right now to get any screen time will get less screen time. Main yeah. event will become much more prevalent for undercard superstars. I don't think the brand split should end. I think the issue they've had with building new stars is because of the motto or uh, the style of NXT under Triple H before NXT 2.0. The whole point of NXT 2.0 is to correct the fact they have no young superstars in, you know, in the heel to come up and become the next big star. That's what I feel like NXT 2.0 is about. As much as people hate the name or hate the look of it, I like it because the fact is Vince McMahon, that's Vince McMahon's vision of what he wants. He let what happened before, you know, happen, but the results have been mixed. Hence why he got no new young stars, you know, becoming potential next world champion like next year. So I feel like the old issue, they're trying to correct it. It may improve down the line as the time goes on. Yeah, it's very true and very interesting if we're going to get more big matches on Monday Night Raw because this is the second week in a row we're kind of talking about this on Mocha Monday. You know, last week was the, um, you know, the changing of the tag team title match into Randy Orton and Bobby Lashley with big ETs and he was going to cash in. That came to fruition. Now we got a big matchup that a lot of people saw as a pay-per-view match with the New Day and the Bloodline. So a lot of big things are happening for Monday Night Raw and a lot of that is down to you know their competition with the nfl and a lot of that is down to aew dynamite beating them in the the demo two weeks in a row which seemingly seems to want to continue because we got a big show on wednesday with aew dynamite grand slam from queens new york but 
I got an ultra chat here. We got our good brother, Mayor of Painesville, Mayor of Painesville, Dan, donating to us. And he says, guys, enough is enough and it's time for a change. And just to, to be clear, you turn your backs on me. Come and take your best shot. I tried to be a nice guy. I tried to play by the rules. Just kidding. He cut the whole Owen Hart promo. I love, I love it. that. I <laughs> love says, it. He says, I really want Kevin Steen to win the Owen man. I like I like I said, I think that this is a big deciding factor for Kevin Steen. You know, his friends are over in AEW, they're the hot commodity, they're the hottest promotion in professional wrestling right now. So it makes sense that he's already looking in that direction. But you know, his favorite wrestler of all time being honored by AEW, that has to be kind of a a tipping of the scales don't you think that well enough shout out to you know dan for that um uh, ultra chat we got in uh yeah um the fact that he's feuding with happy corbin like no offense i, I like baron corbin i feel like he did a good job when he was homeless and i like the payoff is that his character is rich even though i feel like it kind of um makes the Car cameron graham's character obsolete on nxt because i don't know if you have two rich guys on the same on the same roster that's true even though Vince will hear that accent and go, trailer park, you know? <laughs> but uh, yeah, I think the feud with Happy Corbin would, would be the deciding factor because he's going for it right now. He could be like, yeah, I'm packing my bags and leaving. So it's, it's the way he looks on the end of this feud. If he gets embarrassed and looks like a fool, I wouldn't be shocked if he leaves straight after the feud because his contract's running out soon, right? So yeah. I'm just saying the, the, the feud he's in right now would be the deciding factor whether or not he's leaving or whether or not he's creatively satisfied yeah it's it's very interesting you know the timing of all this it works into more people just looking at aew and i think someone in the chat said like aew is just very good at creating wholesome moments whether it's real life news like this whether it's moments like you know the love between hangman page and the dark order which even even the most cynical professional wrestling fans have told me that they just love they just love seeing the the love between those two those two guys or even if you if you love your heels like me the love between kenny omega and the young bucks in the elite or the love of them you know bringing adam cole back and being so happy you could tell how happy they are to have adam cole back so a lot of it's a lot of great things happening for aew on you know the fan service levels like you know doing stuff with the owen hart foundation or even on the business level which we'll get into what tony Khan had to say to the bloomsburg uh business of sports but we're about more than halfway through this edition of Wrestling Daily, we see we have almost 300 people watching us right now. So throw a thumbs up on this video. Let's have a thumbs up party, like a super kick party. And uh, give a thumbs up to this video. You can share it on your social media platforms. And if you are new, you're just joining us. Mocha Mondays is a tradition here on Mondays with SP3 and Sat E. And you can become a part of that by pushing the subscribe button, hitting the bell to stay notified, and of course, becoming a Wrestling Daily member. They let a new, a new elite good egg be hatched and become a member of the Wrestling Daily community today. And of course, we want your input on this edition of Wrestling Daily. So WrestleTalk.com forward slash Wrestling Daily. Let's hear your best Owen Hart uh, promo ideas. Let's hear your your favorite Owen Hart match, your Owen Hart dream match that you're gonna you're gonna do in the AEW Council video game. Let us know wrestletalk.com forward slash wrestling daily. But AEW, Tony Khan had a lot to say, and apparently he says that they are the worldwide leader in wrestling in a lot of different ways. He said, and I quote to the Bloomsburg, uh, this Blooms uh Bloomberg Business of Sports, he acknowledged that WWE is still the leader in some major areas, but AEW has taken over in others. He says in some, uh, in some aspects, they are the market leader. In other aspects, we are now the market leader. At the beginning, that may have been the case, but there were a lot of reasons why I felt like I can come in and compete. There were a lot of great wrestlers that weren't being featured on television, and there are a lot of wrestling fans that were looking for an alternative product. They weren't satisfied with and what uh, they are getting on those shows. I do think that there was definitely a great opportunity to come in and compete. And I saw some vulnerability, frankly, in the market. Um, so 
in the market leader at the time. And it's opened up a lot of market of market share for us and for me to bootstrap a new business and build it up. And again, a lot of the market share we're now in is a lot of significant business metrics. And they consider, he said, he considers them the worldwide leader in professional wrestling right now. Like I said, there's no denying that AEW is the hottest, but what do you think about, uh, they, they had actually like a lot of different stats that AEW skews as uh, one of the youngest among all sports, uh, only like the NBA and soccer has, uh, you know, beat them or football for you guys uh, has beat them as far as like the youngest skewing uh, viewers in sports so it's a lot of different stats that kind of support his uh feeling but what do you think about what tony khan had to say well i feel like it's tony khan you know stopping for a moment and smelling the flowers you know savoring in the victory drinking in some cognac or or whatever it is um you know what he's got stats to back it up i mean if you got the proof that you're doing it's the proofs in the pudding as they say there's nothing wrong with that it should give himself a pat on the back because when vince mcmahon and and Nick Khan did their media call. They kind of dismissed, you know, AEW as, oh, you know, they're not really on our level. We're, you know, entertainment and they're wrestling, you know? So it's good that Tony Khan was to show that we may be wrestling, but we're nipping at your heel to take over your spot, you know? He's putting some sweat into them, some sweat patches on the armpits. That's what he's, that's what he's doing right now. And also, uh, the more successful AEW is, the more uh, companies like MLW and ROH is going to benefit from it because there'll be more yeah. other television companies that don't have wrestling. They'll be like, why don't we get in the wrestling business? You know, <laughs> who's available? You know, there's Impact, there's ROH, there's MLW. Heck, even GCW may do an ECW thing where they may get picked yeah. up by a network. By wrestling doing well, AEW is opening the doors for more people on the independents to eat. It's more open up more more opportunities for people in catering in the WWE to come over and get some career rejuvenation. So I, I have nothing against. Usually I, I do rag on on certain because I I try to be devil's avocado. But the, listen, the fact that you got Owen Hart's legacy back on track and the fact that they're doing really well, bravo to them. So I, I just got good things to say. So yeah. Yes, they're really they're really uh, firing all cylinders right now with AEW. Whether it be the signings of CM Punk, Brian Danielson, Adam Cole, Ruby Soho, this partnership with the Owen Hart Foundation, and even like I, I always said this for a while with AEW, they do a good job of listening to their fans. Whether it be you know the the outrage to the Nightmare Collective and how that got scrapped to how it came across with the uh, December 2019 close with the Dark Order with the Phantom Punches that didn't land. And then, uh, they, you know, they kind of redid the Dark Order, brought in Brody Lee, and now it's become one of the more popular things. And now the latest move was actually broke by Wrestle Talk earlier today, our, our good friend Luke Owen did an interview with Ricky Starks, the FTW champion, who informed him that AEW, uh, he is now the new permanent announcer on AEW ramp Rampage. So uh, Mark Henry will be removed from that the four-person uh, commentary booth. He's going to be doing now the backstage interviews, which he's actually been getting pretty good at. As far as like, I like the the little change-up that they do with the Rampage main events where they interview to both sides. Like, I think Fiego Del Sol did a good job with the interview. Miro was gold with a great line saying, I celebrate my victories with my God up top and my wife down low. Just a great line. I love Miro. is awesome. And uh, this episode, although it was taped in New Jersey, I thought it was another good episode for Rampage. But what do you think about Ricky Starks becoming the new permanent uh, commentator for AEW Rampage? All right. I'll be uh, honest with you. Uh, they got too many voices at the booth. Four is too much. You got Jericho screaming at the top of his lung like he's cutting a promo. I mean, Jer you'd think Jericho recognized there's a difference between cutting a promo and and being being an announcer, being an announcer, you'll be take a bit soft, you know. It's kind of like seducing a lady. You just don't go a bit rough. Uh, Ricky starts replacing Mark Henry again. 
I didn't mind Mark Henry, but I felt like because there's too many people at the table, he didn't have enough time to shine or even develop. Yeah. I understand that they took him away. Take, you know, it should have been simple maths. You take away, not add. Don't take away and add another voice to the equation. I don't mind Ricky Starks. Ricky Starks is, you know, he's smooth, baby, on, 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 the, on the booth. I don't smooth mind it. Baby. But if, if I was anything, I would have kicked both Mark and Jericho off and then have Ricky Starks if you want to add a third person to your equation. They could have added, um, you know, Eddie Kingston, because I've been, like, I've been yeah. liking Eddie Kingston's work on Dark Elevation. But I don't mind Ricky Starks. It gets the chance. Is Whenever he's not wrestling, he gets the shine. Even though it's, it's kind of a case of, like, he's still a young guy. He's not in his prime yet. If he's down the line, I wouldn't mind it. But I would have went with someone like Eddie Kingston, who is in the a, in a prime slash twilight of his career. It'd be a nice, like, prepping kind of like Taz you know this is your future kind of things like you know you're going to be the next big announcer because they need more announcers. Like, they're having more shows I guess they need to build up a, a, a roster of uh color commentators and announcers so I would have had uh Eddie Kingston and boot out of the two and then just have Taz and then you have Excalibur and then you have Eddie Kingston I don't mind Ricky Starks is okay in commentary but I'd rather see more in the ring than on, on commentary which he's good at better than Jericho I, I feel you. Uh, Ricky Starks is one of my favorites. I just love the he and he's been one of my favorites since uh, NWA Power, where I feel like he was like, one of the breakout stars Stupid. for that show. And then when he get when he when he had the open challenge against Cody, I was hoping AEW signed him. And you know, although he hasn't been you know at the forefront too much, anytime he's had an opportunity, he's kind of knocked knocked it out the park. And I hope he knocks it out the park with his uh, blow off match with Brian Cage whenever that happens for the FTW Championship. So I'm very happy for any opportunities that. Ricky Starks has. So putting him on commentary, I feel, is another opportunity for him to stand out. And, you know, it, it may be a short-term thing where it's just going to build to maybe his next feud. This is a guy that was in the first uh, match for Sting in AEW. Now he's being talked about to be in one of the first match for CM Punk in AEW. So he's someone that he, they're really high on. And he even put on, on his uh, Twitter over the weekend, he wanted to end, end the discussion, and he says that he is an AEW home grown star and I feel you because NWA although that was my introduction for Ricky Starks I never felt like they did too much for him I, I thought that you know they gave him an opportunity to get noticed but I, I understand where he's saying when he's a homegrown uh, AEW guy I kind of understand that thinking but we got a bunch of more people watching. We got Adam Pearson in the in the uh, live chat with us. Drop a thumbs up on this video. We want those thumbs up up for Mocha Mondays. You know, help us out. We want the permanent spot on Mocha Mondays. I'm still gonna say we're tentative until 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 I get full advertisements. Even though we we did the promotion on social media and that's why the numbers are up. We want those thumbs up because those those always solidify Mocha Mondays as a permanent fixture of your wrestling daily week. And speaking of wrestling daily, we got to talk about the godfather the irish chief alex mccarthy like you said he's at the o2 for the smackdown show he was doing interviews earlier in the day and he broke some interesting news set about a certain man the smackdown woman's champion becky lynch and he said in a tweet that he spoke to becky lynch and she told him that she was originally good for WrestleMania this year. And it was discussed that she'd face Bailey. Uh, she said that that didn't happen, obviously. And then she was meant to return in October before WWE called her the week of SummerSlam. And uh, of course, Alex was upset that we didn't get Bailey versus Becky, but it really puts the, the, the nail in the coffin of any type of speculation because there were certain sections of fans that were like, oh no, this seems like this was the plan for SummerSlam all along. But even, you know, some of the smarter fans knew that this felt last minute and kind of Becky Lynch kind of confirms that. And it kind of goes off of what Alex always says. He likes to get this information from the horse's mouth and the horse being uh, Becky Lynch this time. So what did you think about what uh, Becky Lynch had to say here? And are you disappointed you didn't get Becky and Bailey at WrestleMania? Before I answer the question, I want to quickly answer Romeo's question. Uh, I'm I'm getting my second vaccination in October. Then I'll think about being amongst people who are not and, you know, may infect me. So I'm not in a hurry to jump back into the wrestling Smart circle. Man. Yeah. Uh, and to answer, your, uh, to answer your question, am I disappointed? I'm only disappointed because it left Bailey with nothing to do. 
Yeah. I felt like if they had a plan B and C for Bailey, then I wouldn't be as heartbroken. It's like, well, at least Bailey got to do something meaningful on a show. You know, it, it's a shame it didn't happen. It's even more heartbreaking because you can tell one of the reasons why they took Bailey out of any potential matches is because they were probably potentially getting ready for Becky's return. And at the same time, if sure you don't want to do a match, they could have had Becky come out to be interviewed for Ding Dong Hello. Kind of like when Carlito didn't have a match in WrestleMania 21. He got to interview Roddy Piper and Stone Cold Steve Austin. He didn't have a match. He wasn't in in Money in the Bank, but yet he was in a prominent spot with two legends. And that's something you'll remember. You'll be like, yeah, I remember that spot, Apple and, and, you know, Stunner you know, finger poking the eyes. That could have been a similar moment for Becky. She um for Becky and Bailey. Bailey's out there talking trash to people saying how you know she's the star. She made a division what it was. You people come back to see me. And then Becky comes out. Great crowd in crowd moment. She didn't even have to wrestle. She just came out and just go for another next few months. So that'll be of anticipation. Wait, Becky did that one show. Where's she gone again? That would have been a mystery. That like, is she hurt again? What's going on? She's not ready. She injured. And then she comes back at SummerSlam or, or, or October. That still would have been fine. So yeah, it's heartbreaking because Bailey ended up not doing much of notes. Yeah, I think that's the that's the saddest part. You're absolutely right that Bailey just uh, was hanging around with Hulk Hogan and Titus O'Neil for both nights of WrestleMania. She had the one little spot with the the Bella Twins throwing her down the the stage, and it would have been. I think a lot of people were speculating that if she was going to do a ding dong hello, that Becky Lynch kind of could should have been like her her special guest or even a surprise. It would have made for a very cool moment if they weren't going to have a match they at least could have done that but at last we can't we can't cry over spoiled milk it didn't happen but now we have becky lynch back and what did you think about becky on uh smackdown this past week looking like all the spice girls combined in one as she interrupted uh bianca belair's homecoming uh and proving once again that wwe hates hometown heroes well, I felt like uh, Becky Lynch probably was watching Batman for Batman and Robin. She must have went, hmm, Poison Ivy, Uma Thurman. I like the look. I'm going to go with their hairstyle. And also she was like, hmm, Uma Thurman, you look great in Kill Bill. I might as well mix the both of them together. And then she was hmm, my husband looks great with his wacky style. I'm going to add the glasses as well. Hmm, Spice Girls wasn't too bad in that era. <laughs> so it's, it was like a hodgepodge of many different like cult- cultural uh, influences. I felt like the um, WWE in their mind, it was they're trying to make Becky hated. So the fact that it was Bianca's hometown, you knew for a fact that you were going to get booze for Becky if she talks down Bianca and also Tennessee. Obviously, when she came out, she kind of got a reaction because that song gets the reaction, gets you pumped up. It's still you know a babyface kind of song. So when yeah. she came out, she struck to the ring. And the only thing I hated, because I did like, I did dislike the ending, because I don't know if Bianca's winning the title back. If she's exactly. winning the title back, I can forgive the booking. Kind of like Booker T and Triple H. We forgave it because the ending justified I the destination. I was upset the entire way through. And then no, I'm saying, like, I'm saying, had he won the title, it would have. We would have. We would have forgave it. But yeah, I mean, I mean, I was upset with the booking. Even at 15 years old, I was like, no, this doesn't seem right. This doesn't seem like it's good, him talking down to, to him, saying he wants to have him chuck and jive. I didn't like it, but I was like, okay, but if he wins at, at uh, WrestleMania, it makes sense. When then yeah. he didn't, it made me even exactly. more. Upset. Even more so, mad, yeah. exactly. So what I, was trying to, what I was trying to say is the handshake is a symbolism for what happened at SummerSlam, right? It was, the, it was where uh, uh, Bianca went wrong. What should have happened was showing that Bianca has learned from a mistake. It should have been, yeah, you know, uh, Becky puts out her hand for a handshake. Bianca shakes it, pulls her back. It should have been Becky launching for Bianca. And then Bianca gets out the manhandle slam because that's what defeated her. And then the yeah. KOD to show that she learned her lesson. And I have a big baby face pop and reaction. And we all go home happy. What instead it did is made Bianca look like a geek. So when you get to extreme rules, if the reaction for, for Bianca is not that great, it's because the way they're booking her, then Vince will go, why is she not over? The reason why she's not as over as you want it to be because you're not booking her like a smart baby face. Book her like Stone Cold. Book her like The Rock. The baby face always comes out strong. Make her strong, damn it. Must make Bianca strong. Nope. She's not Roman Reigns. She, she doesn't come from a Samoan background. She's not the big dog. So nope. 
can't make her look strong, not even in our own town. And they 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 pretty much uh didn't use that wonderful big key to the city that they I thought that was a prop for them to use and have her beat up Becky with it or Becky beat her up with it, but they didn't even use that. It was a letdown. It was even a letdown to have uh Kane there, and it's like Come on, you have you have Kane there, and it's it's not for nothing. She can't even celebrate with Kane to end the show. Come on, come on, WWE. I I I hated that finish absolutely. But we want to know what you guys think. We got about less than ten minutes to go on this edition of Wrestling Daily. You can send us your ultra chats at wrestle 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 uh, forward slash Wrestling Daily. We want to hear what you guys had to think about AEW and the Owen Hart Foundation uh, making. A partnership coming up with the Owen Hart Memorial Cup tournament. The Owen, who will win the Owen? We want to know from you guys. So send those up. And of course, yes, give us those thumbs up. Subscribe if you're new to the Wrestling Daily YouTube channel. A uh, couple of other news notes that we should mention before we get to the final Ultra Chats to end things off. A couple of from New Japan. Uh, well, well, first from this side, from your side of the pond, uh, sat on Rev Pro. Speaking of New Japan, the real, or as he calls himself, the real world champion, the IWGP World Heavyweight Champion, and the Rev Pro British Heavyweight Champion, Will Osprey added to his United Empire faction at Rev Pro this weekend at High Stakes. One High Stakes was the same event that he won the Rev Pro British Heavyweight Championship last year, and he added to the United Empire by adding Aussie Open, Kyle Fletcher and Mark Davis. Does this mean that we're going to get Aussie Open in New Japan when things open up? I don't know, but it helps him get some backup in uh, Rev Pro. So what do you think about one of your favorites, Will Ospreay, adding to his United Empire faction? So yeah, th- that's something that's been in, in, in the books because in, in real life, Will Ospreay is a huge fan of Aussie Open and also with him being in the UK, he needs some backup as well. It makes sense to, in order for, like in many, like, going back to like the, the NWO, if you've got a successful group and you've got a relationship overseas, you like to expand the operation, if you will, like NWO Japan and so forth. So this is Will doing the same thing, to have a UK faction in, in all, and also like the Japanese faction and probably you might have more members joining in New Japan Strong. I feel like it's a great idea, it makes him look strong, it expands the group a bit because he's been away from them. You need to keep the, the group visible. I feel like it was, it was a great decision. Uh, what did you think? I, I like it. I like it a lot because, you know, we don't know how long he's going to be in the United States and the UK before he goes back to uh, New Japan. So, you know, adding to his ranks in Rev Pro, I think, is a smart move. Aussie Open is a tag team that I hear so much great stuff about. They had one of the better matches of the of the past year uh, over in Rev Pro. So, you know, this gives them a new opportunity. It opens the door for New Japan to add to their tag team ranks, which is one of the weak spots when it comes to New Japan, their tag team wrestling is not as you know all like all elite wrestling or even when wwe actually tries with like nxt and stuff like that or even you know great mixed match tag teams like rk bro they don't really stand out that much with new japan pro wrestling although they have the you know the gorillas of destiny the dangerous tigers adding aussie open adds a lot to that so hopefully when things open up they can go over there but over on the new japan side they had their first weekend for the g1 climax and i'm i decided on mocha mondays i'm gonna suggest every week on mocha mondays at least one or two matches to watch from the g1 climax and from this weekend check out tomiiri ishii versus shingo takagi it's like two bulls in a china chop just going up against each other just bashing each other they started off the match with just straight shoulder blocks to one another and they have this chemistry it's just so great and so riveting to watch it was over 27 minutes and they just went at it like two monsters of the midway it was great stuff but even better than that one set kazuko okada versus hiroshi tadahashi I, I i after watching this match and i literally just watched it before we went live because i was doing a lot of different stuff got one-year-old twins so it took me a while to get through everything i had to watch it before we got live here i believe okada and tadahashi is has the greatest chemistry of any two opponents all time uh yes i'm talking about better than flair and steamboat better than okada and omega better than austin and rock okada and tadahashi have had over like 20 
30 different matches one-on-one, and none of them are nothing short than great. Like the worst Tanahashi Okada match is better than anything that you would see through the week from AEW or WWE sometimes. So Okada and Tanahashi, if you had to watch one match out of those two, Okada and Tanahashi is a must watch. Just a great finish. They had the 30 minute time limit and they literally ended it at 29 minutes and 36 seconds, like literally 20 seconds to go. So you're like just the tension was high from the very beginning and then they drew it out for almost 30 minutes. It was great stuff. So go out of your way. It feels like big time Okada is back and big time Okada is a great thing for New Japan. Question, because you, you watch the matches, for, for fans or lapsed fans of New Japan or because the fact they feel like the booking has been a bit weird lately. So New Japan has fallen out as the golden promotion and, you know, AEW is taking over. So question to you, SP3, because you've been keeping a close eye. Do you feel like the G1 is made up for the lack of buzz they've had this year so far? I would say that this was the least this was the least anticipated I've ever been for a G1 because I feel like neither block has their best talent. When you have a Will Ospreay in the US and in the UK, you have Minoru Suzuki doing great stuff with GCW. He had a great match with Jonathan Gresham over the weekend, doing stuff with AEW. You got Switchblade Jay White doing stuff in Impact Wrestling and on uh, New Japan Strong. When you have those guys out of it, it makes neither block feel like it has their top talent but i will say the b block i thought was the weaker of the two blocks but i would say b block had a better night than the a block and it just seems like with the g1 climax because of the legacy that it has even the the guys that you're not really interested the whole year for the for new japan pro wrestling like a yoshihashi who had a pretty good matchup with evil like chase owens who had probably his best match ever with jeff cobb everybody seems to step their game up when it comes to the g1 so that's why i always suggest if you're going to watch anything from new japan it's either wrestle kingdom or the g1 so that's why mocha mondays i'm going to drop they, I'm going to give you a match to watch from the G1 Climax Tournament. I see we don't have any more uh, Ultra Chats in the chamber here, but, Sat, uh, you know, we they talked about it, Alex and John, and John Alba, on uh, on Friday. We got to bring it up here and hear your thoughts. What was your thoughts on the Dark Side of the Ring episode, the plane ride from hell, and the aftermath with it, with Tommy Dreamer's comments, getting him suspended from Impact Wrestling, as well as Ric Flair getting his Car Shield commercials pulled, and it seems like Ric Flair will not be signing with All Elite Wrestling. What's your thoughts on all of that? Well, first of all, uh, we've always heard a story. I feel like we've always heard the PG version of the story. I think they did a story time episode where you had um, um, Ric Flair with flight attenders, animation, him swinging his penis. Yes, so they made it so lighthearted. Guys, this is what happens in history. When history is told by the victors or people that got the power, they can, you know, change it to how they want it to look. That's why you, when you're in school, them history books, man, you need to dig deeper. And that's what happened when you dig deeper. You find that it wasn't all fun and games. It turns out there was, you know, sex abuse, allegations thrown out, you know, alleged quotation marks. But watching that, man, it was kind of like, there's that gif of Joey where you're smiling and you're happy and then your eyes open and you realize, what the heck are you watching? It was sad to see. And also, I, I feel like the generation of fans of today are now holding everyone accountable for their past. Even wrestlers caught, because recently, I'm jumping a bit, but Undertaker's now been in the headline for bullying Rene Dupree. You yeah. know, that's those are the kind of stuff we heard it, growing up. They also came out with uh, replaying the, Brit- the Brutus the Braver Beefcake interview where he talked about the rockers, Shawn Michaels and Marty Jannetty, drugging uh, young women and throwing them out of their hotel rooms into the lobby. Yeah, so you're bringing up good examples of how today's wrestling fans, because for us, we grew up on it. So we assume, wait, did you guys not hit? We know this stuff already to a degree, but not to the detail that Dark Side of the Ring was able to break down into. And shout out to to the lady that went through, through the hard times. But Tommy Dreamer, my goodness, he's an example of a stooge because even Jim Cornette, has commented on the situation and has gone to bat for Ric Flair. Oh, he wouldn't harm a soul. You know, it's just boys being boys. And there's even an interview from, from Shane Douglas about how Ric Flair did the same thing to Johnny Ace's uh, then girlfriend. So it's kind of like something they've been doing for ages. And yeah, they're not doing it anymore because they're older, but it is good to, to call them out on it and hold them accountable. And this is what Undertaker misses. When men were being men, what? Touching women without consent? 
drugging them, pooing on people's stuff, raping people, allegedly. So yeah, Tommy John was an idiot because the way he went about it, he used his double ponytail as an example of being offended. It's one of the stupidest things to ever put down. So he's got daughters. You'd think he'd be have more empathy, but no, he decided to be a mark for Ric Flair. They call us wrestling fans marks, but they're the biggest marks themselves, marking out for Ric Flair's penis. But you're grown man. Listen, if you like men, just come out and say you like men. Don't be all homoerotic about it. <laughs> I don't really want to see Ric Flair's penis. Do you want to see Ric Flair's penis, SP3? No, I'm totally fine <laughs> with ever seeing uh, Ric Flair do the meat spin. If you if you're a college person and you ever been told to go to meatspin.com, you know exactly what I'm talking about there. But yes, <coughs> horrible comparison. He got he, you know, he it was ill-advised for him to say that. And I think that Impact Wrestling made the right decision in suspending him. You know, let it let some time blow over, see if the thing blows over, and then you can make the decision to either fire him or you know, cut ties, whatever they want to do. I think they were right in the right because those comments were totally ill-advised. And you know, we did a review on it over on True Hill. He and Tommy Dreamer was the unanimous LVP of the episode. And in a, in an episode that had Ric Flair doing what he did, you know, alleged uh, sexual assault. You had um, Michael P.S. Hayes getting his hair chopped off. You had, uh, you know, you know, Brock Lesnar exposing himself to to Terry Runnels in, in an episode that had all of that for Tommy Dreamer to be the LVP says everything you need to know about what he had to say. So, yeah. And he's also been suspended by Busted Open Radio. So thank you, CM Chris. Of course, yeah, we got a whole bunch of news that we didn't get into, but we went into as much as we possibly could here. Sadly, so um, Rick Flair. So you think he's not coming to AEW for now or you think it's going to let, let it die down before they bring him in? I think that for now, I don't see him going to AEW. I think his chances are kind of dead in the water for right now. I don't know, in a year from now, maybe they re-advise because this has been known for a couple of years. And he definitely has to come out and publicly address what, what was said about in the plane ride from hell because there was a lot of misinformation, a lot of information that wasn't uh, given. You know, Dustin Rose was put in a very, a very uh, suitable light more than it actually was on the lawsuit that the other uh, flight attendant that wasn't a part of Dark Side of the Ring had to say about Dustin Rose. So there's a lot, there's a lot of information that we got and a lot of information that was left on the cutting room floor. But I think we have said it. Yes, don't sell it. Don't sell it. Don't sell it, Sat. Uh, Sat, where can they find you and let them know what we got in store for them tomorrow on Wrestling Daily? Right, guys. Uh, follow me at SatNext2 on Twitter. Holla at me. Uh, me and SP3 did a show. We did a true rewind of In Your House 8, Beware of Dogs. That's the one with the power outage. Is myself, Drunk Guy JJ, True Hill Heat Romeo, who's been in the chat. Just want to highlight some of the stuff he's been saying. I had a great time with SP3 and his team. You're gonna go reviewing the show. It was a it was a it was a, a, a shiznit of a show because it was jumbled up all over the place. But I had a great time talking about old school wrestling. One of the, my favorite thing in there, you know, in there's my heart. It, you know, I take that shiznit seriously because I actually reviewed it and I took this thing seriously. So please check that out. It's not on demand. We did a live um, chat a few hours ago. Please check out on demand at True Hill Heat. YouTube channel. I'm back tomorrow. It's calling day. All these people who are trying to get attention in the chat, trying to get their stuff highlighted. You don't have to do that anymore because tomorrow you can send in your hot takes. You can talk about the titular news. And please get us the 15k subscribers on YouTube so we can go quiz them in your war games and whoop someone's ass. And booty and it. booty too. Yeah, yes, you can <laughs> find me on the Twitter machine at True Hill SP3, and I will be back on Friday as we preview. We do the final preview for Dynamite Grand Slam in New York City. Myself and Alex McCarthy. We're gonna talk about the latest wrestling news. So go over, check out all that great stuff. Push the subscribe button if you are new. Hit the bell to stay notified. Become a Wrestling Daily member. Hit a like. Hit the thumbs up on this video. For Sadie, I'm SP3. And we are signing off until tomorrow. Bye.